bribe members of Congress. After winning the Republican nomination for his contested House seat, DeLay resigned from Congress. His safe Republican district was won by a Democrat in the 2006 general election. The chief proponent of polarization had become another of its victims. It could be argued that polarization notwithstanding, these politicians got what they deserved. Perhaps. But in each case, polarization played a significant role. It was not at all clear that Jim Wright's book sales were illegal, but the campaign against him was so intense that House Democrats began to feel the spillover effect from voters back home. Rather than risk their substantial majority, other Democrats eased Wright out. Similarly, Gingrich was ousted by a cabal of right-wing polarizers, including DeLay, who believed the controversial Gingrich was responsible for Republicans losing House seats in the 1998 election. Politicians on both sides of the aisle have been pushing the limits of propriety for a very long time. Before the current climate of polarization, these activities, although not condoned, were often ignored. Most players in Washington, including the press, were aware of JFK's sexual escapades, but purposely overlooked them. It is fair to say Bob Livingston's sexual encounters did not reach the excesses of Jack Kennedy's. Bill Clinton's behavior was certainly reprehensible, but few political observers believe that his sexual activities would have risen to the level of impeachment were it not for the polarizing climate gripping Congress in the late 1990s. Tom DeLay was indicted for laundering federal campaign contributions to Texas state legislative races. It was a blatant attempt to add to the GOP's already sizable majorities in the state legislature. DeLay needed more Republican legislators to redraw Texas congressional district lines to favor Republicans in the 2004 election. District lines were not scheduled to be redrawn until after the census in 2010. Would DeLay have tried such a dangerous political move were it not for polarization? Indeed, would Tom DeLay have been the House Majority Leader without raging polarization? Highly unlikely. James Q. Wilson, the Ronald Reagan Professor of Public Policy at Pepperdine University, is one of the more sober observers of American public policy. In a February 2006 essay for Commentary magazine, How Divided Are We?, Wilson made some observations about the chronic polarization that has overtaken contemporary politics. Wilson defines polarization as an intense commitment to a candidate, a culture, or an ideology that sets people in one group definitively apart from people in another rival group. In other words, the goal of polarization is to knock off the other side before they knock you off. In the last 25 years, the political graveyard has been gaining residence at an alarming rate. Our man Wilson, academic tone aside, has got the political players right. To paraphrase Wilson, polarization occurs when the opposing camp regards a candidate as not simply wrong, but corrupt and wicked. The assumption is that one side is absolutely right, the other absolutely wrong, and the wrong side deserves to die absolutely. Before settling on Wilson's definition of polarization, we considered several others, but rejected them as too broad and extreme. In the latter category, one is worth mentioning. In The Paranoid Style in American Politics, 1965, Richard Hofstadter wrote, Polarization in its extremity entails the belief that the other side is enthralled to a secret conspiracy that is using devious means to obtain control over society. In today's vernacular, liberals control the media, the universities, and Hollywood. These commies use their control to force a radical, godless agenda on all God-loving patriotic Americans, especially kids. Or, 
Conservatives, working through the religious right and big business, conspired with their hired neoconservative wingnuts to invade Iraq so the United States and Halliburton could get control of oil. Now, we know it is a narrow definition, but it raises a question. Could liberals or conservatives who are honestly concerned with the public interest see themselves holding such a belief about the other side? Sure they could. And there are a lot more of these polarizing, conspiracy-believing, boot-stopping members of both parties than you might think. And we're not talking your Al Sharptons or David Dukes here, either. We're talking about members of Congress, party operatives, alternative media bloviators, and think tank nerds, to name just a few. Sure, only a small but vocal number of them publicly embrace the conspiracy theory, but many more secretly agree with them. When Willie Sutton was asked why he robbed banks, he gave a pretty obvious answer to a patently dumb question by saying, because that's where the money is. Using the same